Welcome to another episode of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, the music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire, hosted on the magnificent ghostcultmagazine.com. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Curtis Stewart. Hello. And our dear, dear friend, Justin Roth of Workers. Yeah, what's up, guys? So Justin is on tour right now with Workers. You're going to be able to find dates in the show notes, as well as a link to his band. Uh, But you had something very specific you kind of wanted to talk about. Well, there was a couple things that we had discussed prior, but can I go ahead, Justin, or do you want to say them? No, go ahead and lead it in, man. Lead it in. Oh, cool. So basically, we were going to talk about a few things like dealing with professionalism, because Justin does a lot of touring, and there's professionalism needs to be talked about there. Uh, professionalism in journalism, just basically professional, professionalism in the music industry as a whole. Uh, is that correct, Justin? I would say yes, and I would also say lack thereof. Correct professionalism or lack thereof so now just for anybody who doesn't know justin is not only in workers but he also has uh, been tour manager for several notable bands um so he does have a little bit of insight into this i don't know if you want to mention who they are justin yeah sure i mean i work with morbid angel i've toured with them and uh work with exhorter yeah, those are the two primary bands that i tour with outside of my own band cool Okay, so now what do you what do you see as being okay? So now with professionalism, so where do you really see it breaking down? Especially, well, we could talk about a couple of things. How about we talk about touring first, and then we can go over like the journalism and end of things. So where do you see like professionalism breaking down in in, in touring into things? Well, first, first I got to thank you, Curtis, for all the work that you do for us, and you know all the all the Curtis for you know people who don't know Curtis does does our PR and. He talks me off a ledge many times. There's a lot of times that uh, Curtis is almost my filter before I just like set off a social media bomb or just, you know, go, go rant. I will rant to Curtis first. Uh-huh. I will filter myself through him before I make a total ass of myself out in public. But um, yeah, you know, it, it's sort of, it's professionalism on our level. It's, yeah. it's kind of my gripe right now in, in being out here right now and just, you know, this tour so far, you know, it's, it's going, you know, the shows have been fun of the fans. The fan reception has been great. You know, everything's good. But on this level, just the people that you have to deal with, it's just, you know, from promoters who either try to not pay you or don't do their job or just, you know, the, the plethora of things that the young bands have to deal with. You, you don't deal with the best people. And it's just so aggravating. You know, you tour on a bigger level. You get accustomed to things working a certain way, people understanding their roles and their jobs. And, and then, you know, you, you go tour with your own band and it's kind of, here it is, you know, so it's, so is it's that just, really just, the, it's the, it's the shifty stuff that you deal with and, 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 you know, the, the bands, I, I got to constantly, I, I've instilled professionalism into the, into the guys in my band, you know, and, and they are professionals. We've, we've been around, we've toured uh, individually, either, you know, all work at venues or have some history or have, you know, touring experience in other bands. And, um, you know, we try to conduct ourselves a certain way, but then, you know, you deal with bands that have, absolutely no idea what they're doing and um it's just you know it's a headache you just pull your hair out so is that just like basically a lack of planning on people's parts you think or or what is it 
I just think that this industry, for whatever reason, and this is from the top down, I just think there's so many people who who saw this industry as like the low hanging fruit, an opportunity to make money with very little effort. And it drives me insane. You know, I mean, I, my nine to five, you know, prior to doing this full time, I've worked in advertising, I've worked with a lot of, you know, big fortune 500 companies, I've done work with everybody from GE to Target. And, um, you know, I, I got accustomed to doing things a certain way, just simple shit like respond to an email within a week you know or um you know return a phone call or a text message or whatever it is you know if i send you a day sheet if i give you a time you know if, if there's a load in time make the fucking time you know and, and booking agents and just a lot of people where it's like if these people had to go and get a nine to five job if they had to go into the real world they would never survive the, so the, the lack yeah. of so this is actually is something i've brought crazy. up before um is that like sometimes i because obviously sort of my life has always been through the lens of music, right? Like I've never had a job. I've always just kind of done music things, um, mm-hmm. you know, and something I've brought up before to people is like, it, like the world cannot pot, like the people in the world cannot possibly be this stupid. <laughs> like no, in the real no. world, not in like the music world. <laughs> and like, but just routinely in the music world, yeah, I agree. You're just sitting there and you're just like, come on, you can't, you can't make, I can't actually believe you're this much of a dumbass. Well, I just can't believe it either. You know, I won't name any names, but there's, there's one large booking agency that I consistently work with through various channels. And yeah, you know, it, I, I book shows in Cincinnati. I help, I help with a bunch of that kind of stuff. And uh, of course, doing the stuff that we do. And there's this one booking agency in particular who I, you know, I wish I could just say their name, but I won't. And, uh, you know, they they don't send the fucking contracts to the venues. We show up and there's no riders in the set. They don't know anything. The back line's not there. It's a big surprise that we even needed a back line. You know, just shit like that where it's like, if you did this in the corporate world one time, you'd get a firm talking to you. And the second time you're fired, you're just out of a job. In the music world, there's no accountability. And the, the same, the same 15, 20 people have been clogging up the food chain and, and kind of, it, it's like they own all the access. You know, if you want to do certain things, you have to go through certain people. And unfortunately, those people have either stopped caring years ago when the money started to dry up or they just always sucked. And I'm just now discovering that they suck at their jobs. But, but yeah, it's a, the whole world is not this stupid. I've worked with some very brilliant people you know, at, at different points in time in my life and different projects. It's, it's just, it, it's amazing. The, the level of incompetence that yeah. you constantly run into with a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all right. So now what would you say would be the best way? Like, okay, so let's say, so you guys are professional. Um, I, the, the three of us, I, I would say basically act in a professional manner most of the time. Um, so what would you suggest would be, like a simple handling to get more people acting in a professional manner, Justin. Um, I had a little running with, with the band we're out on the road with last night. Okay. And um, these kids, they're, they're nice kids, um, but they have no fucking idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's pretty apparent that this is the first time they've ever toured with another band. Yeah. And just, just shit like, you know, I, I show up to the venue and, they're they're already doing whatever the fuck they want to do and you know they're not following standard protocol and then they're in in the other band's way trying to get their shit off the stage for no fucking reason and just and i pulled them aside i try to talk to them i said hey guys you know, try to give you some advice i do this day in and day out here and elsewhere 
here's how things are supposed to work. And instead of just saying like, yeah, man, cool. Awesome. We'll, we'll do that next time. They, they just disregarded everything I said. They took it as a personal attack. They got all defensive and argued with me for a half hour to the point where I was ready to send their asses home, you know, just like stuff like that. You know, if you, if you have an opportunity to, to learn from somebody who's been there and done that, even if you're just playing local shows and you're the opening band on a local show, lay back, pay attention, see what people are doing, see how, professional bands run their shows you know if you if you get an opportunity to you know open for a national act at, at, a, at a good size venue pay attention to how that crew works pay attention to the procedures and make mental notes and you will learn something you know and if you if you get a chance to befriend bands who have done things on a bigger level never be afraid to ask them how things work never be afraid to ask for advice or help along the way and you'll be amazed you know how many people are willing to give you very useful free advice Absolutely. So, this is really, but, this is really key. A lot of these people understand the, especially in sort of the the thrash metal world that just and death metal world that Justin's coming from. A lot of these people, like you, like there are still nights. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Where you know a band like Exodus will play a smaller club, like they still get it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like Exodus is one of those crazy bands because you know one minute they're on a stage playing for a hundred thousand people, and, and you know you may get lucky and catch them in your town in a in a four or five hundred cap room. You know, so Exodus yeah. is everywhere. Yeah, so they're they're still pretty. You know, so like there's there's a lot of bands who are surprisingly self aware and surprisingly willing to take you under their wing. You know, like I can cite, for example, on this last Yab tour I was on. Um, you know, one night we were in the first night that we on the, I was in Maine and we were in a 200 cap room. And by the last night we were in, or the second to last night we were in New York in a thousand cap. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. So even if, so like, and like Yab is, I feel like, you know, I feel like you can pretty confidently say Yab is a big band as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, so, but you know, you know who else was on that bill? Fucking Voivod who are legends. Yeah, yep. you know, which again, which is cool. Like, I'm not trying to, like, but they still get it. People are mm-hmm. still willing to share this information. So, where do you find the yeah. information, though, if you if you haven't been on tour and you don't know anybody? So, Justin, let's say a new band's coming along. How how would they find this stuff out without on their first shot? You know, I think Matt Bacon should write a book. That's what I think. Boom. I did, but um, I did write a book. Touring. Touring Etiquette 101. Did you write Touring Etiquette 101 yet? Just write that. But uh, uh, I'll see what know, I. I'll, but, I'll send you what I have. Yeah, but it, you know. But again, I just think that you know, if it's your first tour, lay back. You know, um, one of my favorite comedians is this guy Chris Porter, and he has this bit about going to Starbucks for the first time and, and you know clogging up the line with stupid questions and shit. And it's, I think that that it, it's the same fucking concept. If you've Absolutely. never been there before, and you know you've never been there before, lay back. Don't get to the front of the line. Don't start throwing shit on stage. Don't start doing whatever you think you're supposed to do. Ask somebody what you're supposed to do. You know there's a tour manager there or at least a stage manager or at least a venue employee, somebody. Somebody else has been there before, and I guarantee you they would be far happier helping you and giving you some advice than dealing with whatever it is that you think you're supposed to do. You know, so lay back, ask questions, and I think that, you know, an Exodus is a perfect example. You know, guys like that, Zetro, one of the nicest guys in the world. Craig and Loon, one of the nicest guys in the world. Guys like that are always willing to share information with you. They're always willing to help you out. So if you, you know if you're playing a show with those dudes and you want to pick their brain or their tour manager's brain or whatever, you know, again, I mean, I think I think a lot of bands tour before they're ready to tour. I think that that could be a mm-hmm. podcast in and of itself. It has you know, been, you know. So 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, but if you don't have big show experience or big er show or big ish show, however you want to look at it, get some experience and learn the ropes before you go out and get somebody else's way. Okay. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit about journal, unless Matt has anything else he wants to talk no, about. No, I, I think, I think that's all very well put. I think that, uh, yeah, if you're not if you're not drawing fifty people at home, don't go on tour. Perfect. Or like yeah, totally. regional tour. You know, like if you weren't drawing fifty people at home and you were in uh, Cincinnati, like workers, like it'd be totally cool for you to go play Cleveland and Dayton and maybe Chicago and like stuff like that. Like that would be cool. Well, one one dumb yeah, question. I, mean, I, I think one one of the things that I see that that bands should do, you should totally own your region first. You you should look at it like a like a radar or a bullseye and expand outward. You know, if, if you're if you're killing it in your hometown, chances are somebody in the next city over has heard of you, and then you go kill it in that city, and then somebody in the next city over has heard of you, and you just draw draw a 500 mile radius around your hometown. You know, depending on where you live, of course, and, and start hitting those markets. And that's what we did. You know, we we did the we did the local thing for you know a couple of years where we were just kind of the the opening band on whatever show and, and you know played clubs and you know then we. From Cincinnati, it was Indianapolis, and then from Indianapolis, it was Chicago, and then we got a good name in Chicago, and then it was, you know, you just kind of slowly built it until we, you know, we went on that tour with Solstice, and things started to catch on, and then we just kind of stuck with it and did the, you know, the Exhorter run and all that kind of stuff, but you just slowly build it, and it's amazing, you know, we played a market last night, we were, we we're in, uh, I'm still in San Antonio right now, but we were in San Antonio, and I mean, we had a, we had a hell of a crowd last night, people that were there who had heard us that they knew who we are. We've never been here before, you know? So if you slowly build that fan base and if you do the proper things like hire Curtis to handle your album release and, you know, get, get press and make, make fans and connect with people online. That's a big thing. Make sure you're responding and, you know, building conversation with these people. It's amazing how fast your name can get out there. If you just do things the right way and you don't try to rush them. Well, one thing I also want to point out, like one thing that you do really well, or at least you have been doing really well, uh, you basically, took every opportunity you ever had and you tried to like basically use it for all it's worth. Like, like if someone came to you with something, a potential connection, you went and helped them every single time. So that really went yeah. a long way too. So, I mean, like, I, I mean, you've done a lot of stuff for people. So you, you also got to point well, that out too, right? Like just like the more you do for people, the more the opportunities show up. Right. Well, I think that's true. I mean, I think that's, you could call it karma. You could call it, yeah. you know, Sometimes it's it's even a case of, you know, it, it can even be self-serving in a way where I'm scratching your back. Hopefully at some point in time, maybe you'll scratch my back. But exactly. But yeah, I mean, I just think there's just something to be said about. And that's another very weird thing in this industry. I don't want this whole thing to be negative, but I think that yeah. there's a very weird thing where the people who have the knowledge want to hoard the knowledge and then they want to mm-hmm. charge you for the knowledge. And there's just there's so much of this shit that goes on. And yeah. I don't know whatever whatever happened to just help. And, you know, if, if, if the band next to me rises with me we both win you know totally. and, and i just think there's something to be said about you know being kind of a team player and, and putting yourself out there I, i'm an open book and mm-hmm. i have people every single day for good bad or otherwise that, that'll message me and you know some of them want ridiculous shit but a lot of them just want honest help feedback they have a question about how something works or whatever and i respond to every one of those messages normally in depth i'll have a mm-hmm. conversation with anybody and i just think that if there was more people willing to do that, that would start to weed out some of this unprofessional nonsense that I'm talking about. So, one hundred percent. I don't know. There's something. I don't, I don't know. Pat myself on the back, but there's there's something to be said about being a team player and, and just 
it's so funny because everybody thinks I'm such an asshole, but like try to be a good dude to the people around you and all that kind of stuff. So I yeah. just want to, I just want to point out though, that Justin helps probably more people than anybody would even imagine. Like he gives out so much advice. He like, if I ever ask him for something, he's on it within minutes. Like it's insane. I'll message you at like seven o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah, I'll do that for you. Yeah. I'm so, always awake, man. <laughs> I don't, it, I don't, I don't know how the fuck I do it, but you know what? It's like our, our label and our management, they're both in Europe. So like my day starts at like two 30 in the morning when these guys get to the office and start working. And then, you know, maybe I'll catch a nap at, you know, four or five, whenever I'm done facilitating, whatever it is they want. And, you know, seven or eight o'clock, you guys are waking up or, you know, somebody, it, it, the day never stops, man. So, but yeah, you have to be willing to work. You have to be willing to grind and you have to put in the time. And, you know, again, too many bands think they can get where they're going. They think it's just going to happen to them. You know, they think they can just skip all the, all the not fun part of it, which is, I mean, damn, Kurt, you know, Curtis, man, like yeah, the, the interview, the print interviews and that kind of stuff. If you, if you really take the time to get your mileage out of that kind of stuff, if somebody's willing to give you an interview, even if the questions are vague, even if it's just kind of, you know, oh, I've answered this 800 times or whatever mm -hmm. it is. But if you take the time to make all those personal and you, you really put the effort in it, to get your mileage out of somebody giving you the coverage and you answer those questions to the best of your ability and you make it interesting for somebody to want to keep reading that shit takes two and a half, three hours to answer 12 questions. If you do yep. it right. Totally. You know, and, yeah. And, and you I want to point you, out, um, the, the, the guy who does this best in my experience is fucking Kyle Thomas who sings in trouble and exhorter and, you know, is a living metal legend. Like, that motherfucker's probably done what, J Justin? He's done like a thousand of these? Uh, a day, you know, it seems like it, yeah. But, but, but and, and like, you know what, that's, that's been a big benefit to, to learn from a guy like Kyle, you know? Get, absolutely. Being friends with Kyle and watching how, it, yeah, anybody that's listened to this, anybody that's in a band, if you want a crash course and absolute professionalism, Kyle Thomas is the guy. I totally agree with that. And like to clarify too, like Kyle isn't like, didn't like go to college for communication or something. He's just like a guy in New Orleans. Yeah. Well, he's no, more he's than just, just a guy, but he. Uh, he's, no, no, uh, but you, but you, know, you know what I mean. Like, it's not like he's the guy. He is the guy, yeah. but but you know what I'm saying. It's not like he's like coming from some special place. He's just treating people right and taking the time to take care of people. Totally. Exactly. He's not doing anything that that nobody else could do uh, as far as that goes. Yeah, I mean. Anybody can put in the time, do the work, do things right, network. If, if you do those things, if you put that shit out to the universe, it will benefit you. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people are just lazy or they don't get it or they don't care. Or, you know, in the case of, you know, some of these young kids, they think they already fucking know it all. They don't need your help, my help, Curtis's help. They've got it all figured out, man. They don't need any of us to tell them what to do. So it is um, what it is. And we'll see where their careers go. So before we go on to the part about journalism, now I just want for people to get it in perspective because i mean obviously you just landed on all these tours like overnight and everything like how how long did it actually take you to get to the point where you were tour touring with exhorter you were getting the label the record deal and everything because a lot of people think it like happens should happen like instantly oh no i mean it takes a lot of time we um you know all these people that are hearing us for the first time right now think that it, you know and they, and they write it like, oh this band just came out of nowhere no we didn't we came out of yeah. I think right now we're in year, year six, yeah. you know, so it's been six years of grinding and, you know, doing all the thankless things that you don't want to do and, you know, kissing asses and eating crow. And, you know, I mean, we've put in the time, we've been grinding hard nonstop for, yeah. for six years and, and we're just now 
we're, I feel like we've just now arrived to the starting line. You know, we're yep. just now in, in talks for, for big tours and, and doing the kind of stuff we want to do. We just, you know, we just now got on a, on a record label with, with real support that, you know, gives us the things that, you know, we, that we need to grow. So it's, it's six years just to get to the starting line, you know, yeah. and, and from here now the real work starts. So it's definitely not some overnight shit. And, and the biggest thing that I, I can't reiterate enough is that it doesn't happen to you. You know, this is not something that's just going to fall from the sky. You're not going to talent and writing a good song is just the smallest, smallest portion of this whole thing. You know, you have mm -hmm. to, you have to do so much more. If, if it was just talent, there was a band in my city called Lucius Absentia. Mm -hmm. And if you can spell it and you can find them, go look them up because they had, they had more fucking talent in, in a single finger than I will ever have in my entire body. I mean, just a phenomenal, phenomenal band, but talent yep. only takes you so far. Yep. You know, and I think a lot of people need to realize that. So, you know, 100%. Listen, listen to the people around you and, you know, put in the work and, I promise you things more, more will happen than, than if you spend your, your whole day learning how to do some fancy guitar trick and you know, that, that shit only gets you so far. Nobody cares about that shit. So, yeah. you know, it's the professionalism, it's the networking, it's all that other shit. It's all the hard work and all the, all the time consuming at, at some time mundane shit that you got to do that makes the huge difference. Totally. Okay. So let's talk about the journalism aspect. So first thing I, I know you wanted to talk about, uh, I know you have a bit of a complaint with uh, certain reviews. <laughs> so, um, what what do you what do you specify? I, I I don't want to take steal your thunder. Oh man, you know, I hate to without, call it a complaint. It's, it's 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 funny at this point in time. It's funny yeah. if one more fucking journalist tells me that, and it's so funny because it's like it's it's after they give you they'll give us a nine out of ten review or a fucking ten out of ten review. It doesn't matter. They give you incredible reviews, but they always feel the need, and I've bitched you about it thirty times just because yep. it's fucking funny. They they continually feel the need to point out the fact that we didn't quote unquote reinvent the wheel. And my question to these fucking assholes is, who was the last person that fucking reinvented the fucking wheel? Slayer you know, nope. Pantera by way of yeah. exhorter, whatever. You know, when, when the fuck is the last time the wheel was reinvented? You know, if, totally. if, if I want to play thrash metal, I'm going to just fucking play thrash metal. If I want, if I went and put in a bunch of proggy techie, you know, whatever, if I did some stupid shit that was way outside of the genre, it wouldn't be fucking thrash metal anymore. You know, if, and you, if you make a wheel square, yeah, it's, it's, it's not fucking, it's not a wheel, you know? Yeah. Nobody needs to reinvent the wheel because the wheel fucking works. You know, I'm just playing the music that I want to play in the style that I fucking write it. I'm not ripping anyone off. It's not like I'm doing some, some plagiarism bullshit. You know, I'm not a carbon copy of some other band or, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. You can continually read this. Well, What's yeah, that's, that? the, that's the thing. It does happen a lot in thrash metal where, where there are carbon copies and you're not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, you, you show me one riff. You show me one part that sounds like it came from some other band or that I stole anything at all, you know, it, it's, it's 100% just what I write, what we write as a band. We don't sound like anybody else. Of course, everyone has fucking influences, but it's, you know, it, I just love the backhanded compliment. And it's like, thank you fucking Captain Obvious. Yes, the wheel still fucking works. I'm, a, I'm playing thrash metal. I'm glad you noticed it. You know, thanks for pointing it out. You know, I don't know. It just, it hurts me, you know, to a, to a degree. But then I also, I guess I can kind of laugh it off and say, well, fuck it. At least they like the album. But, totally, you know, it's yeah. just, it, there's, there's just such a double standard for young bands across the board. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, go as far back, you know, if we're going to talk thrash metal, let's talk thrash metal. Go all the way back to like the second wave of thrash bands. You had the first big wave, and then you had that second wave that came in. Bands like, you know, Violence and, you know, whoever, you know, Death Angel. Did those guys reinvent the fucking wheel? No, but you don't bitch about it because they're old now, you know? I don't know. It's It's just goofy shit to me. It's Sacred Reich. What did, uh, I'm not going to go there. Let's okay. talk about Sacred Reich for a second. Yeah, yeah what's, what's the Sacred suck, Reich man. thing? Let's do it. <laughs> He's tried to start a Sacred Reich work. stuff, man. Yeah. You know, but they're too old to use the internet, so it didn't work. Um, I don't know. I was hoping to get a rise out of them, but, but they're trash, man. They're trash. and I, It pisses me off to see Metal Blade throwing money at this train wreck. They put out this single on, on they, they put it out on April 1st, and I honest to God, I thought it was a fucking April Fool's joke because the song was so fucking bad. But they're dead-ass mm-hmm. serious with this shit. It's so cheesy and it's so shitty, but they get a free pass because they're fucking old, you know? And it's like, oh, whoa, whoa, fucking Sacred Reich. I know that name. It's, it's cool to wear their T-shirt because it's fucking, you know, oh, they're from whatever generation. And I, I hate that. There's so much of that shit in metal where it's cool to be into something and you, you might not even be into it, but it's because it's the cool thing to be into. You're into it. And I don't know. There's just too many bands that get a free pass based on that shit. All these legacy bands that, you know, continually have money thrown out of them and, 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 you know, put behind their tours and promotion. And it, I talk about it all the time, but this industry is, is killing itself. You in, in rash metal in particular, I feel like you have a 10 year expiration date before this shit puts all these dudes out of work. All these dudes at these booking agencies, all these dudes at these record labels, they continue to pump money into bullshit like fucking Sacred Reich when they can be pumping up a, a young up-and-coming band. And I'm not saying my band. I'm not making this about me. But, like, grab – put that money behind fucking, you know, I don't care, Warbringer or some other, you know, some band that, that deserves it and mm-hmm. blow that fucking band up, you know, because in 10 years when all these old guys are fucking 70 years old and you realize that you didn't build the next crop of bands, all those festivals that are currently headlined by 50-year-old men are done for. They're dead. Yeah. You know, you, you've got to start building future stars. And I, I see it as a problem in hard rock. I see it as a problem in, in metal. I just don't think that they're doing anything to build the next generation of stars. While country music builds new stars every day, and rap music builds new stars every totally. day, and pop music builds new stars every day. Everybody in metal is like, oh, man, fucking Sacred Reich's got a fucking new album coming out next year. Don't do it, Donnie. You know, it's like, fuck, man. Like, this, really, this is what our fucking genre does. So, well, it's, yeah. all, it's also a problem of, like... I think it's due to age factor. I think a lot of those guys, I mean, I think, like, the predominantly older people probably still stay focused on the bands that they had when they were young. Like, I mean, I, I for example, I'll listen to every new fucking Megadeth album that comes out. And I'll probably... Yeah, well, at least they're still good. Yeah, yeah, they're still just good. Just as an example, you know, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll buy buy anything that has Megadeth's name attached. If I if I heard they were coming to the city, I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, I'll go." Yeah, you know but I mean? I mean, but like this is the issue is that is I think it's not like you have to you have to clarify it's not just an industry thing; it's also the people. Yeah, it you could know, be both. Like, if you're not part of the the cool kid thing, then like, oh, well, I'm not really gonna fuck with you, or you know, simultaneously, same deal with the bands is like. It's also on. It's also on the listeners to figure out what if, if they think a band is legit or not. Well, I don't know. Like I said, I'm kind of wondering if it's due to the fact that the people that are spending money are the older crowd. That could be what it is too. Because oh, that's I mean, a part of it. Because like I mean, I don't for know. Example, because, because we talk do. about like the no. deathcore bands having all these followers, but nobody's having them headline, and they're all young. Yeah. So 
I'm not well, saying I think there's that. I mean, I, I think I think old people, the older crowd, you know, they, they are the ones that are more likely to buy physical media, of course. Yeah. But I, I just think it goes beyond that because, you know, the reason that these bands aren't becoming headliners or the reason that maybe they're not selling as many units as an as established legacy band is because, you know, I've gotten asked before, like, what, you know, how do you compare yourself to, you know, Megadeth and Metallica? And it's, it's like, dude, it's just not even fair. We're not operating under the same terms. We're not operating on the same timeline. They, they came from a time where record labels had actual R&D and they actually developed you and they actually put money into advertising you. And the same thing applies today. You know, Nuclear yeah. Blast puts your album out and they put the machine behind it. They put it to work. You're going to go places, yeah. you know, but, but you have to have somebody who's willing to put you in front of their, you know, their 2 million or so subscribers or whatever it is that, that these people have that are willing to put the, put the money out to put you in the, in the big magazines and the, pump you to the you know to the execs and get you on you know the the serious xm playlist and all you know this is it is a good old boys club and unfortunately mm-hmm. if you're not a part of it you sort of get left out or you kind of get you know brushed aside as just another young band but i think you could you could safely say that you know warbringer havoc power trip bands like this smoke the fuck out of these old guys a lot of these old guys that are putting out subpar albums and coasting on a name so yeah. i would like to see you know people give them the fucking respect they deserve and you know i'd like to see these record labels and you know it's, it's crazy because I, I'm, I'm not talking their finances i don't know their finances but but you know they get a fraction of the money that you know these these old ass legacy bands get based on yep. name alone like they're just they're grandfathered into a certain treatment they're grandfathered into you know getting getting the big riders and getting you know yeah. x amount of money to play a gig and this and you know they're making fucking five ten times what these young bands are and they don't need it you know, yeah. the young band, unfortunately, I couldn't tell you, how, and I know that too, you know, he, he's into the kind of the same scene I'm plugged into. How many of these bands only last so long? Because seriously, they don't make any money. They can't pay their bills. And eventually they just fold, you know, so it's not because they weren't good bands. That's not because they didn't have a, you know, good fan base or whatever. Yeah, it's because, it's because you, you can't pay your bills and exposure. You can only sit in the back of the van for eight hours a day for so many years before you're like, maybe I'd like to have a girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Not, like, like I'm not I'm not even trying to like talk shit. It's just like yeah, may, maybe I'd like to have a girlfriend. Maybe that's something I could do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like or maybe an apartment with lights on or, you know. Yeah, or know. whatever. Like there there's a lot of it things is. like that where it's like you know, you have to choose between one or the other, which is fine. Like I get it. Like I think it's important to have people who are truly truly devout. But simultaneously, it's fucking scary how bad because it's it's gonna get so much worse in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah, I worry about that. I actually joke all the time that the 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 funny thing about doing this kind of stuff and and being a band that that does the touring and and puts in the mileage and all that kind of stuff is that you have to be smart enough to make it work, but you also have to be dumb enough to want to do it in the first place. Yeah. So there's like a very I don't know there's a real fine line how much you can take and it, it metal in particular has always kind of been a game of longevity. I uh-huh. think it, the, the bands that, that do, I mean, look at fucking Amon Amarth. How long have they been a band before they ever, I think they were, they were actually done at one point in time, right? I think what happened think so. was they, they had hung it up, they had called it quits. And then they put, they, they had given their, the, some album, I'm not a huge Amon Amarth fan, but like they had given some album as the story goes, handed it over to whatever record label they were on. And then they got a call like three weeks later, like, Hey guys, you might not want to break up this album's charting, it's doing this, that, and the other. And so they, and those guys are like in their 40s and they're considered by 
some people like a newer band, you know, because yeah. they weren't around, you know, or at least in the public eye, you know, in the in the eighties or whatever. But they're, they're those guys are old as dirt now, yeah. and um, just now getting their start, you know. So yeah. it's very strange. It's a very weird industry. Yeah, I, I talk. I actually had a. We're running out of time, but I had a conversation about that with my lawyer. Um, when we were, I took him to see Yob, and it was like, and he was like, "Yeah, man, like Mike Shite is, you know, forty-five or whatever. Like that's a long time to be fucking hustling at DIY before you get to play that first thousand cap room. You know, yep. Yob's been a band for like twenty years, and like I think most people would still, des- I would still describe Yob as." Like they're big underground, but they're definitely underground. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I there's know. only so much of it you can take, you know. And and at times, and this is it, go, going out to these young bands. If you listen, you know, it's like there's times where it is discouraging. It's disheartening. You know, you drive a thousand miles and you pump hundreds and hundreds of dollars that you didn't have into the gas tank to play an empty room, and you're just like, why the fuck do I do this? Yep. You know. But if you if you do it right, you get on stage and you give the the ten or twenty people that showed up, give them the best fucking show you can because they were the ten that cared to come out to your show, and hopefully it grows. But yeah, man, there's there's so many times where I'm just like, fuck, man, why am I doing this? And um, hopefully it changes. Yeah. Any final words of wisdom before we have to wrap this up? No, I don't. I don't have any wisdom to begin with. Yeah, you're you're in a metal band. <laughs> Exactly. Well, how about you plug your new your uh, tour dates or something? Uh, you can go on warcurse.com uh, or just find us on Facebook. And yeah, you can find them on there. I don't know them off the top of my head. Every day is just a, a new parking lot. But um, yeah, we're on tour right now. And we've got a new album out called Eradication on Spark Records. Uh, you can find it on Amazon Target. You can pretty much find it anywhere you can, you can buy media or go to your local record store and make them order it for you but um yeah hope you enjoy it sweet thank you so much dustin this has been dumb and dumbest thank you guys are we done yet